The following is a Gutterball special presentation. Yeehaw! Here we are! <laughs> How's it going, Brad? Uh, pretty good. How are you doing, Adam? All right. All right, all right, all right. Yeah, good. As they uh, say. Jules go anymore, go to any more uh, basketball practices? She went uh, a couple days ago on Sunday. I see. Did you, like, force her to go, or did she just decide to go? It was, uh, yeah, more of a forcing. Okay. And uh, she uh, just um, sat there during the practice. I see. So she was present. Well, yeah. All right, then. Yeah. and then, Well, good to hear it's uh, all going good. You worked it out. Yeah, it's all worked out. It's supposed to go tonight, but then I had to stay at work late, and I didn't get home in time to take her there. So she missed that one. It's going pretty See, well. Was she upset that you weren't there to take her, though? Oh, she was in great spirits Okay, when I got home. So at least that's one thing you have, right? Um <laughs> That kind of logic and consistency is one thing that I don't necessarily enjoy in my life. It's so just chaotic. Well, it's like, you know, I don't want to go. Don't make me go. I'm going to throw a tantrum not to go. And then <laughs> you're like, all right, let's not go. And then it's a tantrum. No, I want to go. I need to go. I have to go. <laughs> Why won't you let me go? <laughs> yep. Yep, uh, that's happened. So, uh, well, whew, yeah, I don't know, but uh, I guess that's worse. But you know, we don't want to. So, yeah, that was a good update. But you know, last time we spent over half the podcast on this issue. Yeah, and we barely got we barely got to talk about ancient Greek nautical technology. Barely. Yeah, do, I don't even know what we we covered a little bit. It'll we be. talked a lot about the dugout canoes. Yeah, yeah. Those and we, I think good. we got into, like, talking about atlatls. Sure, the atlatl. Mm -hmm. And whether or not Neanderthals would have had a bow and arrow, which I guess we could have <laughs> looked up in the last week, but I didn't. No. I really doubt they do still. I didn't look it up, and I also, well, I don't know. I'm still a little torn on that one. But, uh, you know. How you taking down those mammoths without a bow and a spears, I guess. Yep. You overwhelm it with spears. That's if Neanderthals even did that. I guess they probably did. I think they did. I mean, it's easy to get confused between Neanderthals and, like, early humans. Right, right. But, eh, I don't know. This but, yeah, dugout canoes. Yeah? Cut out a... So you cut down a tree and you dig out a place to sit and you go float on the water. It seems like you have to dig out a lot of it because it would oh, be he really heavy otherwise. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think the wood is just going to float no matter how heavy it is. Well, but you just want to make sure there's enough for you to like get in there. Yeah, you don't want it filled with water. It'll like tip over, like roll around. Right. But that's, if anything, an argument for not cutting as much out. But you'd have more buoyancy the more you cut out, I think. Well, the buoyancy in that case, I think, would mostly be determined by the shape than the, like, mass, per se. 
Well, I mean, like, you know, we have, like, aircraft carriers floating around out there. They're not sinking, even though they're made of metal. Go I figure know. that one I out. I don't like that at all. I hate that. Metal. It's because they're filled with air. There's air in there. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the metal metal's there, and it's got air in it, and it's pushing the air down into the water. <laughs> uh, maybe. Maybe. That could be it. You know, it's just, you know, this is could be another episode of Brad's past science projects. Oh, did you have an, a floaty, we talk, a floaty we, project? I did, because we talked about the non-Euclidean geometry sure. at length. That was back in season one. Mm-hmm. The listeners may remember that. If not, go listen to season one. Right. You'll find it in there somewhere. It's only about like seven straight days of audio content. Um <laughs> Is that it? But, doesn't sound like much when you put it that way. I don't know. 24 hours a day for a whole week? T- if we really want to know. That's episode. Right uh, it's one of our most popular episodes. It's episode 38. Oh, okay. It's I am he, dude. Walter's use of Hebrew and non-Euclidean geometry. There it is. Seven days. That was probably the first mention. And then I think in a very recent episode after that, we went into it in great depth. Maybe. Non-Euclidean, I remember something like that. Non-Euclidean geometry? Yeah. I don't know how recent it was. 124 episodes, even though they are numbered to 118. Yeah, we had some 124 episodes, duplicates. seven days. A little over seven days. Straight. Yeah, I guess that's a lot. 168 hours. Let's Does that sound better? No, that doesn't sound like a lot. And if we divide that by the 124, that's one and a third hour per episode on average. Hour and 20 minutes, give or take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I mean, it seemed like it took a long time to get here, but yeah, it seems like we should have like a thousand like if we, hours. We could have been done in a week if we just sat there, just no drink, it. no food. Yeah. Just did it while we ate. We could have like a little tubes. Little tubes. To like suck on and drink or whatever. Coming in and going out, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, You know, just wore like whatever they got in like, you know, the, the, uh, you know, like in the space shuttle. They have like a little vacuum cleaner type thing you like put up onto your genitals. Right. And it takes care of everything. That it sucks. Yeah. Like that's what you're going to, if we just had them. We could just sit for a week. We could have just did it all. Instead, it took us four years. Although, you'd have to stay awake. That would be a problem. As we all know, <laughs> sleep deprivation is a one-way, one-way ticket, ticket to, t- to temporary psychosis. Yeah. Yes, we got to be, be careful of that. Vigilant. Constant vigilance, Brad. Constant vigilance. You can also hear about the um, odds of Walter surviving the angelic bullets if you go listen to episode 38. Ah, yeah, we had lots of good stuff back there. Yeah, your Lebowski raincoat meta dream. Verite. I vaguely remember what that, that was, to I be don't. honest. The <laughs> Verite-style camera work. The surprising number Johnny 5, which, well, I'm not going to spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> Non-Euclidean geometry, the blue man. And more about Brad's life as a high-strung dude-like figure. If you want to hear about any of that shit... Go listen to episode 38. Yeah. Well, we can continue the tradition today, or at least I can a little bit, because I did do a, a different science fair project on buoyancy. 
And what did you discover? Aircraft carriers um, float because <laughs> they're filled with air. <laughs> they float. I don't remember why they float, but I did use aircraft carriers as a example. Because they don't sink. I don't like it. So I, you have all kinds of ideas about why things float, but when you think of an aircraft carrier, it's yeah, it's no. displacement. That's why I think hollowing. There you go. That sounds about right. Yeah, like hollowing it out, or maybe you're right. Like it's if the bottom of the like if you dig the tree out in the bottom of it, you make it like flat. It has to push away enough water. Like right, the weight of the water it pushes away needs to. Way more than the thing itself or something. Yes. That is kind of it. Kind of. I almost, that almost makes sense to me. It makes, yeah, that seems all right. That seems all right. But if No, the- I think I get it. Yes. The bottom of the ship is trying to push away a certain amount of water. And so that water is trying to go back in to where it got pushed out of. But it can't. And the force of that water coming in is greater than the weight of the ship. But now... Then that's why it floats. Okay, yes, that's it. But if you filled that aircraft carrier with water... Oh, it would weigh more then. Right, right. It would still it would be... weigh more. It would be displacing so you, the same amount of water, but it would weigh a lot more. So it would right. need to displace even more somehow. So you could maybe theoretically design it in such a way that it displaced even more if that's possible somehow you could maybe balance the equation right and so you'd have an aircraft carrier that was just solid metal no compartments anything inside it doesn't matter right it would still float right it would assuming it displaced enough water the shape of it was such now granted there may there's i'm sure there's a physical limit to that in some way well i think as long as the displacement is enough there's no limit well, it displaces it based on it being a certain shape. Right. So at some point, there's just a limit, right? Like, you can't make the ship, like, negative 10 meters wide. <clears throat> no, that you know, sounds or the tricky. bottom of it. Yeah. So there, there's, there is a limit, but that limit would have to be offset based on something else. Like, you'd have to make the ship, like, longer or something. You know, the same weight, but longer. Something like that. They should hire people to figure this shit out. Like, don't leave it up to us. Yeah, for real. Jesus. We don't know what we're doing. Why are we in charge? (sighs) They were like, guys, you have a kick-ass Lebowski podcast. Can you please work on the design of the next generation of aircraft carriers? For the U.S. military. And we're like, sure. You're already putting the work we're like, in. We don't really know anything about that, but I bet we could probably just figure it out as we go along. We're here every week anyway, you know? Yeah. We just add it to the list. We'll just talk it through. But no, maybe not the best idea. Maybe not, but maybe I can do some sketches in between now and next time and like right. figure, kind of come up with some designs for how That's I think... All- like, we could sure. displace more water and then be bigger? Sure. All right, I'll work on Go that. Go for that. I'll try to do that. We'll post them. I'm pretty good at drawing, Brad. I used to draw airplanes, like uh, jet airplanes. Oh, yeah? But I could only draw them facing one way. I probably already told you this. It's fucking boring as shit. I could only draw them <laughs> facing to the right, like side view facing to the right. 
That's all I could do. Side view facing to the right. Yeah. yeah. Nose facing to the right. You're probably going to need to do more for the for the aircraft carrier. Yeah, I'd need a, like a front view at least. You're probably going to need to, you know, add some perspective. Oh, I lack it, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't have that. I don't know where to find it. Where do you get it? Can't go down to the corner perspective store. That's for sure. I don't know. Maybe you can. It's, yeah, it is the future now, after all. We live in the future. It's fucked up. If you just hang around long enough, you eventually get there. You eventually gain perspective. <laughs> you eventually gain perspective in the future. It sucks. Sucks, man. It really sucks. Just want it now. So long before aircraft carriers, you know, aircraft carriers are modern American naval technology. Right. For the most part. What about ancient Greek nautical technology? What about it? How about... What were they doing? uh, The Paparellas. Have you heard of them? No. Who are they, Brad? Tell me. They are boats. Oh, I thought it was a people's. No. The Paparellas. Or a pasta, perhaps. It's good with a ragu. What kind of boats um, are they? Well, they're again. They kind of look like a canoe, um, but they're like, in essence, um, taking a bunch of papyrus and you tie it together into the shape of a boat. Is that paper, Brad? Well, papyrus was a plant. They used it for paper, but this was like stalks, like cane Ooh. papyrus. I know how you like to say that word. Oh yeah. So stalks are they meaty, Brad? I dare. These are not meaty stalks. No. Are they papery, papery stalks? Um, kind of. Do they have any like gumminess in them? Any sort of like resin or rosin? Resin? No. No. No seeds either. Okay. It kind of just looks like a wicker canoe. See, that's even more upsetting, I think, than a giant piece of metal that's floating. Like, you're going to be out there ranging around in the ocean in a basket, basically. Yeah. How does the water not get in there? I guess um, it's a good question. I think they somehow waterproofed it. Just It was just so tightly bound. So you're just just so much of it and was so tightly bound. It was just like, yeah, there's no water getting in there. And is this ancient? It seems like a losing proposition. It does. Is this ancient Greek nautical technology that you're talking about? I believe so, yes. So basically, you're relying on, you know, you got old Odysseus. Uh, Now, my wife, you might know her. Her name's Leslie. Told us that's how you pronounce that, not Odysseus. Odysseus. Wait, say it again. Odysseus. Odysseus. Odysseus? Okay, I'll go with that. I think Um, you're relying on like you know old uh, Odysseus Oedipus waking up in the morning. You hope Mm -hmm. he's not too hungover from the hemlock he was drinking. He's down there at the shoreline, like weaving together this boat. You just hope he's on his game that day. You know, getting it nice and Mm -hmm. tight. You don't want him like. Misweaving a piece of the papyrus anywhere. I, mean, I guess you would test it first, not go all the way out. Well, you wouldn't make it too far if it wasn't working. 
or maybe it would like hang together just long enough until the water, like it got too waterlogged, and then it would just kind of slowly dissolve, yeah, and fall apart like Tom Hanks' yeah. raft. So well, I think, yeah, and these these paparellas could like hold multiple people, like six people even. That's pretty good. And some cargo. So I guess it was kind of their attempt. It was still the same basic idea of like the canoe, but it was like, okay, we need this thing to be. They just made it bigger. So like if I'm going to be trading with the neighboring city or whatever, I got this like jar full of whatever, this pur- jar full purple of purple like, dye. Purple dye. I got to get it there. You had a, you had a bigger boat here, just in essence of giant canoe. He's like, we need a bigger boat. We're going to need exactly. a bigger boat. We can't be restricted by the size of the damn trees. Like, mm-hmm. oh, go find a thicker tree. Like, no, the trees are only so big. Like, the, you're limited. It's like these paparellas, you're only limited by your motivation and your imagination. Those Greeks were an imaginative peoples. I guess they were motivated, too. It's like you could just, like, weave it as big as you wanted it to be, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, at some point, it probably, again, with the well, displacement or whatever, it stops working. Well, does it, though? You're you're hell-bent on <laughs> putting limits on everything all of a sudden. Well, the, sometimes there's just, just, you know, hard, hard limits. I don't... But why... Why does displacement have a hard limit? I still don't... I'm going to make some sketches. You're going to see. They're going to be good sketches, Brad. The best sketches. All right. The gonna, best sketches. They're going to be the Let's best sketches. You know, they're going to be terrific. You'll see. Yes. Well, you mentioned Odysseus. O- Odysseus. Odysseus. Yeah. His, his boat was probably something similar to a Triantaconter. <laughs> Triantaconter. Or a Pentaconter. Sweet Jesus. Which, if you saw one of these, is probably what you think of as like your typical. Greek boat in a way. This like a bunch of dudes with oars on either sides, yes. that kind yeah. of thing. Right, exactly. Isn't there another name? It's called a, um, there's another name for that kind of boat. I should have fucking researched this. God damn it. Do you mean the bireme or the trireme? No, well, that's probably it. That wasn't what I was thinking of, but yeah, you're probably right. Because those are maybe, again, you know, this, this whole entire, uh, you know, idea of just needing a bigger boat, right? <laughs> or even actually not needing a bigger boat, but needing maybe a faster, more powerful boat. That was the bireme. Because the bireme, what they did was they added two levels of oars. Smart. Go go vertical. So, yeah, go vertical. So you had double the oars going. So you had like double the power now. Same size ship, double the oars. I'm seeing these bireams now. I like them. They do have a a nominal sale, kind of mm-hmm, like yeah. a, uh, you know, it's just there for fun, pretty much. Yeah, it helps them out a little bit or something. It's like the power a little boost. Is hum- it's human-powered, Yeah, mainly. They got a little sale there, but yeah, tons of ores. And so the, and they were like, how can we, what's better you know, than two two levels of ores? I've got it. Three levels of wars. Exactly. <laughs> is, that what the, is that what they did? It's like, fuck it, we're doing three blades. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what they did. That was the trireme. It had three 
it had three levels of oars. And you'll notice there's two giant oars up front on the sides. Is this the try or the bottom? Or maybe they're not up front. They're in the back, I guess. In either one, I think, same thing. That's, that was used to, that's how they steered it. So it could just be in the back. That's calling how they... out to the uh, cap, you know, calling out to the different guys on either side of those giant fucking oars. Like, I can't even imagine how you manage them. So that's how they store it with uh, that's... giant oars in the back. I'm not seeing these giant oars in the back. What? I mean, if you, it depends oh, on what you're shit. looking at. Oh, I see. That, so that's, they're kind of ruddery. Yeah, they're like, the, you, you use them as rudders in the back. You'd have one on either side. Just like, I don't know, did you ever oar a boat? I've I've oared a boat, like a canoe maybe. I've I've oared a canoe. I've oared a kayak. Yeah, I've oared the same kind of thing, right? Robo? You like shove that oar down. Yeah, it just goes turn the it. other way. Yeah. yeah, yep, that's that's what it is. The oar people just focus on oaring forward, and then the back oar people, back guys, they can they steer the fucking thing. And then there's and probably there go. one guy saying, "Go this way, go that way." You know, hang a left. I mean, to be honest, I'm just presuming that's what happened, but yeah. At Albuquerque. The, well, uh, sounds the, good. I'm buying it. Yeah. There's an anchor. The anchor's in the front. The picture I'm looking at, anyway, it's a, it says this is a trireme, but I don't know if I see three levels of oars. Maybe I do. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure which picture you're looking at. I've looked at pictures of triremes, and I've seen three oars in the pictures I've looked at. But it is hard to see, because it's like looking at a millipede. Ugh. You got all these oars sticking out. You know what I mean? Yeah, you get more than almost countless five or ten oars. It might as well be a million oars. Once yeah, you, and they're all coming out like yeah, different levels, and they're all kind of they're kind of offset a little bit. Yeah, offset. It's hard to really see, but so then is there a quadream? <laughs> I guess that's when they hit their limit, right? Again, talking about limits. Peak oar. It was peak oar. Yep. Hmm. And what years are we looking at for these buy and try reams? Well, now you're, you're, you're I don't know. Well, I don't know either. I thought you yeah, brought it up. I thought you might Let's know. Let's look it up here. A buy ream. Here we go. Buy ream now we're Wikipedia. talking. Let's start, let's start <laughs> reading Wikipedia on air. It's my favorite part of the show. You, you should mix it up. Go to Reddit. There's a nice thread. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Actually, I don't know if there is. The thread I'm looking at is, would the Neanderthals have been capable of shooting a bow and arrow? <laughs> Did Neanderthals have the intelligence and physical capacity to build and shoot a bow and arrow? Oh, boy, who cares about that? I want to know when these buy and try reams were going. Yeah. <clears throat> Strangely, it does not say... Well, it says... I'm looking at uh, triremes. It says they were common in uh, the 8th century B.C. Yeah, I'm looking at, there's a picture in Wikipedia of a bireme, and it says, Greek bireme circa 500 B.C. Image from a Greek vase in the British Museum. Because these things don't exist (laughs) anymore. No. So so we have to rely on, like, little stone carvings that they did. And maybe they made this shit up, you know? Right. This was like people were going to... You know, archaeologists are going to unearth shit from our planet. They might this get time my sketches like, of the new uh, aircraft carrier and be right. like, look oh, at this crazy like, shit. 
here's the Millennium Falcon. This is obviously what they use to travel around in. We we have tons of pictures of it and little sculptures of it. Slow moving land bound tank like machine. <laughs> right, exactly. Outriggers. Outriggers. And insanely unaerodynamic. These people were obviously morons. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Is this the part of the show where it's assholes groveling at new truth? I don't know, is it? I don't know either. Just asking the qu- I'm just here to ask questions. Perhaps. No, it's not that part of the show. Okay. okay. Um, bireams and triremes could be with or without. Wow, that's tough. With or without outriggers. It's two outs in a row. And I guess the outriggers are like training wheels for boats. And what is that? What is that exactly? I don't know. See below. But I didn't look <laughs> below. <laughs> Just sounds like that's what an out. Yeah, yeah, it's a training. It's boat training wheels. It's like a little uh, little ski that goes out to the side that's connected to the boat. Oh, okay. I got it. So like, kind of like it doesn't tip over yeah. or something. Yeah, I guess so. Right. If I was to guess, I'd say it's kind of like any contraposing float rigging beyond the side otherwise known as a gunwale or gunnel, of a boat to improve the vessel's stability. So, if I had Got to guess. It. If you had to guess. Yeah, so those, uh, you know, bireams and triremes may or may not have outriggers. And outrigger's pretty cool. I like the word. I like the mm-hmm. way it looks. It makes me feel good because the boat's not going to tip over now. I'm liking a lot about outriggers. Outriggers. Yeah. I like it. Good word, too. Outrigger. Like lowrider. Outrigger. Odysseus, Brad. Odysseus. Yep. Now, in your travels, did you encounter uh, any history of the Phoenicians? Um, no. <clears throat> I mean, we talked about them a little bit last time. Yeah, they were like... F- Phoenician alphabet. And whatnot. Yeah, the alphabet. Because they were cruising all over the place way before the Greeks were, pretty much. Right, okay. And, uh, you know, they were sailing. They were kind of like Lebanon, Syria, Israel even, all along the eastern coast of the Mediterranean there. But then they spread out all through the Mediterranean, you know, North Africa, Greece, Gibraltar. They even went into uh, the Atlantic a little bit. So they were like the OG, at least Mediterranean-style right. seafaring peoples. You know, and that's kind of why the uh, their alphabet was able to spread around, because they were such adept sailors. Right. Ships and boats, how do they float? <laughs> what am I, fucking six years old, Brett? But, but well, this could be a new Insane Clown Posse song. <laughs> what? Ships and boats, how do they float? Exactly. <laughs> Ships and boats, how do they float? <laughs> What's the difference between a ship and a boat anyway? Actually, seriously, what is the difference? Is the ship just bigger? Is, is, there, is there a difference? I don't know. Neither do I. Language is funny that way. But what kind of nautical technology do the Phoenicians have, though? Oh, well... <clears throat> they were just running around on these, like, uh, maybe pap- paparellas? No, you know, they had bigger shit than that. Like, 
uh, there's a little stone carving of one that looks very similar to a buyer trireme. It's got the oars, mm-hmm. uh, big long line of them. It's referred to as an Assyrian warship. Right. It's got two okay. rows of oars, and that says circa 700 BC. So it's pretty far back there. Um, the hell else kind? That's the main one I'm seeing. But they had other ones for trade. Um, I don't know what kind of fucking boats they had. But they predated the Greeks. Yes. So I'm thinking the Greeks had a little bit of a head start, especially since the Phoenicians were all up in that business. Right. Well, the Greeks had a... uh, I mean, they coexisted also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. But But, yeah. The Phoenicians were out there, like, cruising around before the Greeks were. Well, it seems like the Phoenicians also weren't necessarily like like the concept of a Phoenician was actually from what I've seen here is like it's a Greek term. Yeah, it was meaningless just, to the Phoenicians themselves. They wouldn't yeah. have identified with it. Right. They were just a bunch of different type of people out there sailing, trading that I guess were somewhat related, but just like you know, they didn't necessarily see themselves as like a one single cultural or ethnic group. No, not at all. The way the Greeks, way from the outside, can just kind of be like, yeah. Yeah, Greeks lump them all in there. Phoenicians were, I guess, loosely connected just because of um, their seafaring nature. Because they would go and Mm -hmm. kind of like colonize. So a little like independent city-state in Italy Mm -hmm. or North Africa is just ever so loosely connected to... You know, somewhere in modern day mm-hmm. Lebanon, just because they sailed there, some people stayed behind, started using the alphabet, making boats. They right. would never identify with that other independent city state, but you know, from the thirty thousand foot view, you could kind of connect the dots. Well, did the Greeks consider themselves Greeks, <sighs> or were they like, well, I'm a Spartan, I'm an Athenian? Uh, we'd have to ask somebody who. Who knows? Who knows? So, knows anything, anything about anything? Anything? Who well, would take the time to study and then see, talk publicly about it? I know lots of people <laughs> see listen to podcasts because they're like, "Oh, here's someone that knows something, and they're going to talk about it." Oh boy! But it, we are the podcast where we're like, we know nothing. Please help us and listen to us talk about things that we don't know anything about. We specifically pick topics we know zero about nothing just to maddeningly (laughs) speculate about them we should have a sister podcast that you know goes back and um, analyzes our podcast maybe that's a good idea (laughs) yeah let's do that if only we had we had thought of that galoi means tubs and hip boy means horses Tubs. Tubs. The Greeks had two names for Phoenician ships, Hippoi and Galloi. Okay. Galloi means tubs, Hippo, Hippoi means horses. Okay. And apparently those are pretty decent explanations of uh, what those ships kind of looked like. One's tub-shaped, <laughs> and uh, they have horse heads on the ends of them. Right. Okay. Okay. There was. Phoenicians aren't Greeks, so... No, we they di- are. We digress. Right. 
They're they're I don't even. They're Canaanites. Can, they're Canaanites. The Canaanites predate Phoenicians even. Yes. Which again is mostly a, I guess, a geographic description more than anything else. Uh, it's, I think it's geographic slash ethnic. I mean, I guess maybe the ethnic part of it is more like you could say like Semitic or something. I guess. I mean, I know they're in the Bible a lot. Yeah. They're usually the bad guys, those Canaanites. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like, oh, shit, those Canaanites are getting itchy over there. Look out. We're going to have to do some head thumping. Those Canaanites are on the move. So you can imagine our seething internal fury when in high school our basketball team had to travel north to play Canaan. Oh, Oh. You were like, this is a 2,500-year-old grudge, baby. Here we come. 52 to 20. Ouchie. Let's go back home with our tails between our legs now. Just you guys like it, were too cocky. You we, thought you had the will of God had, behind right, you, and didn't. you're like, that's all we need. We didn't, because I stole that candy bar in third grade, you know? And I never asked for forgiveness, so we lost the basketball game. Was it a pack of gum? I think it was a pack of gum, actually. Hubba Bubba, perhaps. Were you a Hubba Bubba guy or a Bubble Yum guy? I never really made that much of a distinction. Just whatever. Shove it in my mouth. Who cares? Whatever's around. They're basically the same. See, Hubba Bubba was the shit. Bubble Yum, it's kind of like the Pepsi and Coke debate. It's like, Pepsi, you're fine. You're fine. But Coke, I mean, Coke... Coke is Coke. Coke is it. Yeah. No, I agree with that. That's kind of how I felt about it. I guess I've never really... See, I'm doing the thing that would probably drive me crazy, right? Like, you have someone who's going to say... If I ask someone Pepsi or Coke, and they're like, I don't know, I can't even tell the difference. Well, that's... just just soda. Ridiculous. They're like, that's fucking ridiculous, right? But I, in essence, just said the same thing about Hubba Bubba and Bubble Yum. I just, but you know, I was never a big bubblegum person. No, like I mean, I don't know that I've ever been like because first you'd have to do a couple things, right? Get the same bubblegum in the same flavor and kind of do a comparison, right? Like I never had enough. Never had enough gumption. (laughs) I never had enough gumption. (laughs) Gumption. Yeah, I did it. Mm -hmm. I did, man. I would sometimes buy two packs just so I could be sure. I'm not even sure if they had exactly the same flavors, but you could always do right. like same family original, just bubble gum flavor. The thing is, I, as I remember the the hubba bubba slash bubble yum. I in my mind, I just kind of grouped them together. Like, okay, it's the big blocky bubble gum, right? Right. Versus something else like Wrigley's. It's the long skinny bubble gum. You know, right? Like right. a plank of bubble gum. Um, the Hubba Bubba style bubble gum, and I don't know, again, in my mind, I just kind of grouped them together. So maybe I'm, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, kind of, kind of slandering here one of them unnecessarily. But in my mind, that the, those bubble gums, I never really liked them because like the flavor would be gone after like five seconds. It lasted a little longer than five seconds. I know what you mean, but that's. When you put like another ridiculous, piece in. Maybe 10 seconds. Like, it was really gone. Like, you had a couple chews. Like, a couple, like, oh, I bit into it. Oh, wow, it's a taste explosion. 
But it really was. It really was, but that was it. That it just, you know, that was it. That was the gums ejaculatory moment. <laughs> it was done after that. That's what, then when you put another piece in. I guess, but then before you know it, like, in a course of a minute, you've eaten the entire pack. But then you have a huge wad of gum in your mouth, and you can blow, like, massive 12-inch across bubbles with. Is that my, Is that why I could never do it? You could not do it? Blow bubbles? I had a lot of trouble with blowing bubbles. <laughs> for whatever reason, but, you know, I never put, like, a massive amount of gum in. You would I'd be like, okay, I have one piece of gum in. Let me try to blow a bubble. Yeah, you got to really no, go couldn't for it. do it. You're always putting, that was, I just learned. Forty years old, I just learned what I was missing. You're always putting these limits on yourself, Brad. I'm such a I'm, oh god. <laughs> you're such a restrictor. If you were, I wish, a, I, could, I wish I could go back. If you were a super villain, that would be your name and your power, restrictor. Well, the problem is, I just restrict myself, and hence I would never be super anything. And here we are. I wouldn't be a super villain. I would be a restricted villain. <laughs> right. Here we no are. One would have any, no one would have any trouble with it. <laughs> Welcome to the now. Welcome to the desert of the real. Oh. Hmm. Did you notice in John Wick 2, Lawrence Fishburne is in there? No, no. It's the big reunion between Neo and Morpheus. Awesome. I'm into it. Yeah, when I first saw him in there, I was like, wait, why does this seem weird to me? (laughs) And then it hit me. Oh, it's Neo and Morpheus. Because he even has, like, some kind of line like that, like, Mr. Wick, you can something. It was Morpheus-like. Nice to have you back or something. Yeah, something like that. (laughs) I'm trying not to watch too many teasers or trailers for John Wick 2. Yeah. Because I can't wait for it. I just, I don't know. I like it. There's something, it just hits me right in the sweet spot because it's not trying too hard. It knows right. exactly what it is. Oh, for sure. And it's like, we're just doing it. We it's like care. a higher class crank. I guess, yeah, is it, yeah, is I guess how it's I higher the movie. class. It's not as crass, right? Yeah, it's not as crass. It tries to... <laughs> pawn itself off as even though it knows what it is still somewhat of an actual movie whereas crank is like this is just a big joke on everyone that's watching it or something like (laughs) but it also works because crank knows exactly what it is too right right right. and plays into that a little more and they're a little fast and loose with what they you know can do in it they're not as constrained by reality quite as much as john wick is but it's a similar thing. You got a guy who's just so fucking kick-ass. You do not want to mess with this guy. Don't look at him. Don't get him yeah. riled up. Just leave him over there where he is. Yeah. But then some fuckhead some goes and riles him up. Fuckhead. And and he's fucking unleashed. There's always and he just one. Goes right? out. There's always right? one. Yeah. Just can't just can't leave it alone. Yep. yep. And there, that's what we got. That's what you got in Crank. That's what we got in John Wick. I view them as kind of sister. Sisters in that regard. No tailored Sister suits sisters. in, in <laughs> Crank, probably. Right. No. Yeah. No uh, naked women in giant transparent balls as just scenery in John Wick, either. Is that, is that Crank 2? No, that's Crank 1. I don't even remember. It's been a while. I gotta see it it's, again. Yeah. At the end, when he goes up to like the top floor of the... You know, whatever, like the penthouse where the big bad guy is. 
and he's out there outside like lounging around the big bad guy there's like yeah like naked women in balls just like there just <laughs> lounging around in these b- giant balls as like kind of like human artworks i need to see that again brad you should come down here and we should have an epic crank fest oh let's do it crank actually crank to high voltage brad can you forget i just said you should come down here and we should have an epic crank fest brad you should come down here and we should watch a couple of crank movies let's put it that way okay less less confusion <laughs> we want to keep it uh keep it on the uh keep it the, on the up and up the right trajectory if you will but no i i need to see crank too haven't seen it yeah we could wait till John Wick 2 comes out. Oh, wait, that's if you like Crank 1, then you'll love Crank 2. That's a good tagline. Yeah. We could see John Wick 2 in the theater, and then, or we could watch Crank and Crank 2 to get all cranked up for John right, Wick 2. and then go do it. Is there like a, uh, is Statham doing anything anymore? Like, does he have anything coming out? I guess he was in Fast and Furious recently, so that's pretty big news. He's got, you know, I'm not sure. He's got to be. He's like, he's everything. Oh, the mechanic just came out. There was that mechanic, like the mechanic sequel, Resurrection. The yeah, hell? which I was like, I never even saw the. I never saw mechanic. No, what's that even? It's just a Jason Statham movie where he's a mechanic. I bet he don't want to mess with him, and then someone does, and he's like, goes ape shit. I bet he <laughs> knows how to play with guns, destruction, and yeah. kick people. Yep. And so then there's a sequel. And based on the title, Mechanic Resurrection, I like to believe that the titular mechanic died in the first one at the end. And now he's reborn. But but he comes back anyway. You thought he was dead. Well, that, I mean, I know there's a crank, too. I was going to say spoiler alert, but it didn't look too good for Statham at the end of Crank. But But he did take a single breath, if you remember, magically. uh, All right. They t- they teased it. You know what movie was pretty good? I think, if I remember it correctly, uh, that Statham was in sort of recently was Spy. Did you see that? Spy. I did not. With Melissa McCarthy. Yeah, and Jude Law. Okay, that was pretty good. It could have been a good movie. Yeah, you didn't like it. Um, again, not nor I didn't see it. Oh, it's just not normal Statham fare. Well, no, but, you know, he's still, like, kick-ass type of yeah, whatever. Dude, I saw Crank 2 in the theaters. Well, I just won't put that out there. Okay. I was so happy. What's wrong that with I that? I got that opportunity. Oh, the, oh it's Rocks and Rocks. Right. You're just really into that. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. 2009. Yep. That was. Oh, Statham. Lock, stock, and... What the... Lock, stock, and two smoking barrel. Yeah, he was in that one. That was what, like yeah, that's what put him deal. on the map. Yeah. Or was it the other... Wait, I get confused between which Guy Ritchie movie is which. There's Lock, stock, and... Yeah, no, Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. Yeah, that put him on the map. Well, Guy Ritchie did Snatch also. Snatch is the other one that yeah. I was getting... I was getting confused, like, wait, which one? Am I talking about the right one? Lock, stock was the first one. Right. I recently was, He's tried, in both of them, I believe, Statham. He but, is. I recently tried to watch Lockstock. Uh, it was late. I was tired. It was okay, but like, 
just the look of the film was seemed very and i don't know if it was just watching it streaming it was a shitty connection or like a shitty digitization or something but like it just looked so like i want to say grungy it's obviously kind of grungy but like Mm -hmm. the picture quality itself was like really muddy somehow like dark and muddy like blobby like in indefined like undefined or something it's just hard to look at and it seemed like the colors were all over the place i don't know it just was not pleasing to look at it's like ugh, i can't watch this but that's you know supposed to be good i remember seeing it a long time ago and thinking it was pretty good it's just something about the way they lit it and shot it just doesn't there's nothing natural about it and it seems like that should be sort of like a like rooted in like the streets and the the grittiness of the streets like it should have some reality to it but i'm looking at even the uh still image of the trailer on imdb and like their faces are all like overly lit and there's a red backlight which maybe is motivated by some street light or something but it just looks over lit like they the lighting's just overwrought that was my problem with the princess bride too it looked like a tv movie i could never watch it until you know like 10 yeah, years I know, ago i know what you mean what is this stupid about thing? the tv movie look yeah but sometimes it just doesn't matter right Right, the substance is just there, despite how they lit it. Yep, and they could have, you know, lit it differently than that. But they, I guess, because it's it's already like he's just telling the story of the book, so it's supposed to be sort of like the props and sets and stuff sh- should look a little thin. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Well, what about uh, ancient Greek nautical technology? What about blue whales, though, Brad? Fucking, I was looking at some more videos of blue whales. Yeah? Jesus, Brad. The largest creatures that have ever lived on this earth. Like, by far. You think of, like, Brontosaurus or whatever replaced it. I don't even remember what it was called now. You think, like, that's, like, monstrous. Nah, blue whale dwarfs it. Dwarfs it. Really? I mean, I can say yes with that, but it's the... So Blue Whale is the biggest one that has ever lived? Ever. Ever. And you could go and see one right now. Yeah, I have seen them in the flesh many times. Fucked up. Was it... How was it? Well, wait. Blue Whales. Maybe they weren't Blue Whales. But I've seen whales. Gigantic fucking ass whales. Well, uh, what? Off the coast of Massachusetts or something? Yeah, off the coast of Massachusetts. Off the coast of LA. Yeah. Those could have very well been Blue Whales. Yeah, I think they might have been. They go all over the place. Yeah, huge fucking things. 200 sure. tons, Brad. Do you know that when a blue whale, well, the gestation period for a blue whale is about a year, which isn't that okay. crazy. You know, it's only three no. months more than a human. Elephants are, what, two years. But when a blue whale gives birth, that little fucker comes out, and it's 25 feet long, and... Weighs like Jesus. I'm trying to remember, like something insane, like fifteen or twenty tons or something <laughs> already. Mm-hmm. And yeah. for the first like however long year or so of its life, it is just gorging on its mother's milk, mm-hmm. and it gains Brad two hundred pounds a day. 
by sucking on its mother's milk. 200 pounds a day. Yeah. Now... Imagine all, yeah. There's uh, yeah. like the milk isn't like one hundred percent. It doesn't have a one hundred percent rate of like intake. You know, it has to. The whale is expending energy, so like it's using some of that to swim around and whatever. So, how much milk is it consuming every day in order to gain two hundred pounds? Four hundred pounds of milk? Does it retain half of it as body mass? 200 pounds a day. Yeah. I mean, in 10 days, it gains a fucking ton. <laughs> a ton in 10 days. That is crazy. Brad, a blue whale's heart is the size oh, yeah. of a car. Well, you could actually, like, swim through it. Yes. Through, like, the tubes. Like, yeah. Like the blood vessels coming in and out of the heart. You could swim through them. Brad, an elephant's, a blue whale's tongue weighs as much as an elephant. <laughs> Just its tongue, Brad. And it gets this massive by eating some of the tiniest creatures in the ocean. Right, right. This just seems like a massive, like, joke. Well, like, you know. Come on. Nah. Yeah. What do I know? What? I don't know much. Well, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. This is just kind of triggering something in me, right? Like this, like, kind of swirl of ignorance. <laughs> That, like, that we must be, confront sometimes. It should be familiar. When it's thing. like, yes, a blue whale's a real thing. It's really that big. And it gets that big by eating plankton. <laughs> Krill, I guess. You know? Yeah. And it just constantly is constantly disciphoning plankton. Right. Into its mouth, right? And eating it. But, like, you're like, that sounds crazy. Like, no. Right? Nah. Come on. And so people are just like, no, it's not real. But it is. It's fucking real. It's real. You can't just say no. No. Nah. I don't believe that's that real. That sounds crazy. I don't believe that. And it's like we have to somehow respect that opinion. Fuck that. <laughs> Fuck you. No, I don't respect it. <laughs> you wrong, Holmes. It's a real thing. Yeah. I know. It is a so. real thing. I hate it. Oh, And they have, I mean, I've seen Finding Nemo, so I feel like like I've seen it a lot. So I feel like I can yeah, talk so about this with some authority, but you know, it got this like like folded underside of its mouth that can get all huge, and it just takes in these giant gulps of water, and then mm-hmm. it's like top of its jaw has this like mesh of it's described as like fingernail like long strands. Yeah. That I guess is what passes for its teeth, but it just is a massive web. Right. It's baleen. It, baleen. It's baleen. And then that giant gulp of water, it uses its elephant-sized tongue to shove the water out through this strainer. Mm-hmm. And then whatever, thousands or who the fuck knows how many millions of little krill are left behind and then it swallows them. Yep. And does it swallow water? I'm sure it swallows some water too. It, but it's just okay with that. Well, why not? I don't. It's salt water. You can't drink that, can you? Well, it lives in salt water. It's been it's been adapted to that. I but think. it's a mammal. You can still drink it. Because where where else is it going to get its water? Exactly. Like, do fish need to drink? 
I guess not. Well, fish, I don't know that they drink. Ah, shit, man. <laughs> like, does the water just, like, are they filled with water? <laughs> and it just well, kind of sure is so in there. We. Yeah, but we have little spots that aren't. Like, is a fish's stomach filled with water? I guess not. They f- sink. No, it's filled with water. They got to have a little place that's like, because I know, like, I go deep sea fishing sometimes, and I'll catch, like, a big-ass red snapper, you know, like, 30-inch red snapper, and they're down there, like, sometimes 90 feet, 100 feet, and you're pulling them straight up, right? It's like, oh, yeah, shit. You pull them up, but, like, red snapper or grouper, even better example, it's like you're never allowed to fucking keep these things, which sucks because they're good eating, beautiful fish. It's nice to... Nice to carve them up and eat them. But you can't ever keep them. It's like, the season's so short. So you pull it up, and it's like, it's kind of horrible, but they look like fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger in Total Recall when he gets jettisoned out onto the surface of the planet without his helmet. Their eyes start, like, like, like ballooning out of their skulls. And, like, they start just, like, exploding pretty much and you have to take this hollow metal jabbing device and you have to know just where to do it and you stab them and it lets all the fucking air out of their air bladder which has expanded on the journey up to the surface and then you gotta like shove them back in the water real quick because if you wait too long they're like a balloon, and they just float on top of the surface until a barracuda comes along or a shark and tears them in half because you've been fishing for two hours and it, the water's all chummed up. So there is a spot inside a fish's body that just has air in it somehow. Yes. Okay. Pretty sure it's of that. It's not their stomachs. Their stomach is filled with water. Well, I don't know. It's filled with it. I mean, it's just half. It's, it's not, sloshing around. It's not empty. Well, no. Hopefully, it would have food in there. We want them to eat, right? But when there's what, what's in there that's not food is just stomach. I mean, most acid. things are most animals are just mostly water anyway. So whether or not it eats another fish, it's mostly water anyway that they just put in there. Right, but they don't have lungs. Like our lungs are never filled with water, or if they are, we're having a bad day. Right. Fish don't have lungs. Like, we have these spaces inside us that are reserved for air. We like there to be air in there. Right. Sometimes we go and we get ourselves a little bit of water and we put it into our bodies. And that feels good. I saw my fish in the fish tank the other day. And the one in particular is up at the top. And it looks like he's like, like sucking at the air. And it's like, is he going to get a little drink of air? Is that what he's doing up there when he does that? There's no food in there, you know? He's just up there, and it looks like he's, like, just putting his little mouth, like, just out of the surface of the water and, like, taking a little drink of air. I think they do that. I think that feels good. Is this weird? Like, ooh, what's what's this stuff? They take in some, and they're like, ugh. Well, like, I know this really disturbed me once. I was at a restaurant... It was actually in Orlando, and they had, like, an elaborate koi... It wasn't just a koi pond, right? 
Now, I guess you would call it a koi pond, but it wasn't just like, when I think of a pond, it's like a big circle, right? This was like all shaped and went around the restaurant and out through the grounds and the landscape. You'd, you'd walk over little bridges and stuff, you know? It's like a koi archipelago. Yeah, something like that. But, you know, you'd walk over the bridge and all the koi would come running because I guess they're like, oh, people throw shit in to right. feed them. So right. they all want, so they're all run up, all clamored together. And, like, their mouths would be out of the water opening. Yes. And you could just see down into them all the way, like, to the end. I don't like seeing down into them like that. And they were just there with these giant mouths just opening into a giant hole. And you could just see the entire inside of the fish. And I was just like, that's not right. I do not like it. (laughs) Yeah, because it's, like, just a straight... Like jetway <laughs> right to the to the exit, pretty yeah. much. Like they don't have as complicated a digestive system as us, I guess. No, they just don't have a complicated anything, anything. as us. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, like, they're just a big bag <laughs> with eyes <laughs> and sucking, gaping mouths ready for for feed and air bladders, apparently. And then the the little bones, they're little bones. Yeah. When you, have you ever cleaned a fish? No. So cleaning a fish, it's like when you start to think about it, it's like, boy, there really isn't much to this fucker. Right. It's like you slid him just on the underside, just down. And basically, you can kind of put your hand in there and just, you kind of go, it's kind of like scooping out a, like a, uh, like the seeds out of a, like acorn squash or something. It's like, mm-hmm. or like a pumpkin, except the seeds don't stick to, with the little threads. It's like they're all just right. laying in there. Cut it open. And it's like, well, that's pretty much all that was going on in there. That wasn't much. Yeah. It's that. And then a little bit in the head area. Not too much. Not too much. It's mostly electrical impulses. It's like through the meat. It's got a couple of eyes. Got some electrical impulses and like some chewed up hubba bubba in its stomach area, and that's about it. It's weird. They're mostly meat, mostly good eating. Never cleaned a fish, huh? But they're like meat filled with little tiny barbs of bone. Well, you got to know how to cut around that. Throughout with it. You know, you got to know how to not have that. You can't do it. It's hard. You got to, takes a lot of practice. Those ancient Greeks knew how to do that, I'm sure, being a seafaring civilization as they were. Yeah. A lot of seafood. So if they had something about one of these triremes, right? Yeah. Tri- triremes. Triremes, right. Yes. What did I call it? A trieme? Trieme. Yeah, no, it's a trireme, right. So you had all the guys rowing. You were trying really hard to pronounce that, but didn't quite work. All the guys are rowing. Yep, I'm with you. But they're like kind of under, like there's a roof over their heads. Yeah, they don't know where they're going. They're just doing it. Yeah, they're and down I guess there. part of that is to like protect them when they get attacked. So you can still just keep rowing. The boat isn't just incapacitated. Yeah, yeah. Instantly. But up on the top deck, you'd also have soldiers and stuff up there. Right. They need somewhere to stand and shoot their arrows. Yeah. Or even if maybe the boat's journey was just to drop off soldiers to wherever they're going right 
So staging area. Who knows? Yeah. But then, but that was pretty much it. Like, they didn't have a cabin in the back. Right. Or maybe they did. No, those are all just so I'm looking at a picture here. Those are all just soldiers. So, yeah. They sleep? Where did, were there overnight trips? Were you allowed to sleep ever? You got to sleep. I'm not. Okay, that's a good question. I'm not 100% sure. I think what they would do is the sun would start going down. They'd, and maybe this, like, they would just, like, kind of go ashore and camp out for the night. Oh. Like, when they sailed, this goes back to the original thing that launched this back in season two, episode one. I think we talked about this. Like, they didn't really, like, like, yes, we're going to, like, cross the ocean. We're going to cross the sea. It's more like they stuck to land. Right. M- as much as possible. And yeah. just went along the coastline. Skirting the coast. And they also kind of needed to do that to uh, aid in, like, navigation. Because, like, once you're out in the middle of the ocean, you're just like, I don't know fucking which way we're going. Or <laughs> how much further it is or what. You know what I mean? Right. Right. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I'm sure. That, I know they did have some basic navigational stuff like they did have a nautical odometer which was like a little wheel that would turn to kind of count how far they've gone what turned but it's it like the the water the water <clears throat> but i don't really understand how that would really work to be right. honest yeah me either. that seems bizarre like little... couldn't you go nowhere but still the the force of the water would right be turning that thing like you could have the guys rowing just hard enough but there's a current going the other direction and you haven't moved any distance at all and it might right. say you've gone you know 20 nautical miles well i guess that's why they had to stay close to land maybe yeah at least you had they a couldn't point a reference yeah you, know? you had a point of reference you could see where you're going need some perspective yeah so I'm not a hundred percent sure with these triremes. If the, I know, like with the ships, like, like like for example, like Odysseus, right? The Odyssey, Odysseus, or Odysseus, right? Like I think, like that's what he did. They'd sail for a day. Oh, the sun's getting dark. Okay, let's uh, you know go. Let's go camp out. They'd go. They'd go on the shore. Yeah, plenty of little islands and inlets. Light a fire. What were they camp eating out for the night? Do you think? Do they take food and rations with them on the boat? It's a good effing question. Did they have, you know, preservation technology that was up to snuff in order to, like, salt some meats or I don't even know what, dry some shit out, have some hard tack on there? Like, what are they eating? Yeah, I don't know. Or they go on to land and, like, kill a goat. Or they just bring goats with them so they can just kill them as they go. Now you got goats on the boat, though, you know? Yeah. Goats no on a good. boat. <sighs> because goats, I don't think you can potty train a goat or like go over in that corner. They're just going to be shitting everywhere. Which also, right. where did like the 200 sweaty ass nasty dudes in the underbelly of the boat, where did they do their pissing and shitting, Brad? It was just a different time. Um, but where? Just right That's- in their seat? Just in your pants? Maybe well, because maybe that, there maybe that wasn't as object, objectionable back then as it is now. It's objectionable because it will make people die, and when you count on people to make your boat go, that could be a problem. Just practically speaking, maybe they held it in all day. Oh Lord! 
Well, you know what they needed? A place for them to do their business. Where, though? You're on a boat. They could even call it, they could even call it the poop deck. <laughs>